0: Like I said earlier, it's so good to have you with us this morning, whether you're here every week and regularly part of Jubilee, whether you're looking in thinking, is this going to be sort of church home for us or uh, whether you're here with family or friends uh, celebrating uh, some of the small people we prayed for earlier. Uh, It's really good to have you with us. And we do these sort of dedication services every now and then. I mean, we are blessed to be a church with lots of kids. I mean, it really is a wonderful blessing. And we're also very, very blessed to be a church with some fantastic kids leaders in Christ, in Frog Club, uh, in youth. We've got a wonderful team of people who faithfully serve and love and teach and uh, encourage our children and young people. And uh, we are very grateful for that. Um, We don't take that for granted. We're grateful for God's blessing in that. But when we have these sort of services, as we do sort of periodically, and uh, often I would talk about Jesus welcoming children. You'd think on that sort of service, that would be a fairly good subject, wouldn't it? I mean, like the passage we referred to in Mark earlier, thing, think, yeah, you're welcoming kids, you're praying for them, talking about Jesus welcoming children and praying for them seems like a good place to go. That's what I normally do. And as a a church, we've recently worked our way through Mark's gospel, uh, Mark's account of Jesus' life and ministry, things he did and and said and so on. And uh, we've talked about some of these things over recent weeks. And even that passage we read a little bit earlier, uh, we've looked at in in recent times as well. We've talked about what it is to be great in God's kingdom and, and how you need to come like a little child full of wonder and faith and accepting and believing what Jesus has said. But I felt that this time, that wasn't where I was going to go. Actually, uh, that wasn't what I felt God wanted me to speak about this morning. And I I was sitting at my desk earlier in the week, and I was thinking, I I was making the assumption that I sort of would go to the normal go-to passages for this sort of occasion. But I, I really felt stirred and I started asking some different questions and thinking, well, God, what do you want to say to parents this morning? I know many of you will be parents, not all. But I was thinking, God, what do you want to say to parents this morning? And also, what do you want to say to those who aren't parents this morning? So I think that includes all of you. Those that are and those that aren't. I think that so that is fairly all-encompassing. And I started to ask God, what, what do you want to say, Lord? What have you got? for us this morning. And I felt God remind me of a verse from Psalm 139. And so we're going to look at Psalm 139 in a moment. So uh, if you've got a Bible with you, be it an old school printed one like this, or whether you've got it on your phone, uh, just turn to Psalm 139. We're going to read a few verses together in a moment. But let me give you a little bit of background. The book of Psalms, He's basically like a collection uh, of songs, many by the man who became King David, a famous king uh, in the Bible. And the one we're going to read from actually links nicely uh, to what we've already started to talk about a little bit this morning. And it's what I felt God speaks to me about as I was praying and preparing this week. So let's read some verses together, then I'll pray and then we'll spend a few minutes Looking at what God might want to say to us. So, Psalm 139, we'll start reading at verse 1. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit, you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar, you discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Stop. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for these verses in this psalm. And we pray now as we spend these moments just considering them together. We pray, God, that you would speak to us, that you would teach us. Help us not only to understand what we've read, but we pray that you would apply it to our lives, each of us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what does this psalm teach us? What what are we reading here? What What have we got? Well, the very first thing that this psalm teaches us is this. God knows us. God knows us. And not just God knows us, God knows you. Even the very first verse shows us that. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. And each of us can say that this morning. God knows us. He knows you. It reminds us that he knows what we're doing and when. He sees us coming in, going out, sitting up, lying down. Whatever we're doing he can observe that. But not only does God observe what one another might see, the the externals if you like, God sees our thoughts as well. He sees what's going on on the inside. Even that which you hide maybe from those around you, maybe even those closest to you, God sees and knows you. Now, For some of you this morning, that is wonderful news. You think that is so reassuring. That is just so encouraging to know that that God knows you like that. Not just what other people can see, but even what they can't. That's encouraging. For others of you, you might be sitting there thinking, oh, you mean God can see inside? And yes, he can. But listen, the good news... (laughs) no matter what goes on in your head and your mind sometimes, God can see all that and loves you. He sees your thoughts, sees what you are thinking and pondering and wondering or worrying about, and he loves you. He knows you and he loves you. I guess for many of us, we might go through seasons of our life where we'd ask the question, if other people really knew what I was like, (laughs) would they still like me? Would they still love me? Would they still accept me? And you know, the wonderful truth of the Bible, the wonderful truth of the gospel is that God knows all that and loves you and has done everything required for you to know him and to be able to receive his love. God knows you better than anybody else. Even the person you may have spent years with. And you think, they know me really well. You see one or two nudges going on there. Even better than that person, God knows you. He can number the very hairs on your head. For some of you, that's not actually a great challenge. But (laughs) for others of you, you're like, wow. God knows you and he loves you. That's what this psalm teaches us. But as well as that, the psalmist goes on to say that God hems us in. And wherever we go, he is there. So verses 7 through 10 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea in New Zealand, for example, you're there. Even there, your hands will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. What does this Psalm teach us? Number one, God knows us. God knows you. Number two, God surrounds you. He surrounds us. These are some amazingly reassuring verses. You know, wherever you go, God is there. You might think, oh, I feel so far away from him. Listen, God is still there. He knows you and he surrounds you. There is nowhere you can go that is too far for him to reach. And you might think, "Ah, oh, but, you know, it's, I'm just too far for him. You might think, oh, I just, there's no way God could reach me where I am. You might be thinking that even this morning. There's no way you can go that God can't reach out to you. The heavens, God's there. The depths, God's there. Wherever you might go. And even though you might think, oh, well, there's this great sort of chasm between, between me and God. and you know, It's like if I try and reach out to James, if, if I'm here, I, I just can't quite reach. I can't quite make it. and I could try all I might, but I'm, I'm, I just can't quite get there. And you might think, well, I, I feel a bit like that. You might think, yeah, God could try and reach out to me, but he's not going to quite make it. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says wherever you go, God can reach you there. There's nowhere you can go that is too far for him to meet with you. And not only can God see you and meet with you, we're told that God will guide you and hold you fast. And not only can God see you and meet you, he guides you, he holds you fast, he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And then the psalmist goes on to talk about like darkness not being dark to God. Even darkness will not hide you, that's what it says. I wonder, have, have, I'm sure most of you can picture being in a really dark place. I mean, for those of us who live in the city, even at night time, it isn't really that dark, is it? You know, there's street lights, um, there's uh, the lights of cars and traffic and you might look out of your window at night and you think, oh, it's it's quite dark here, but oh no, there's another house over there. You can see some lights and there's the street light down the road and it's not really dark. But have you ever been on one of those really remote country roads in the middle of sort of pitch black nighttime? I've done it sometimes. I remember one occasion... I'd been uh, I'd been at a wedding. I was, I was doing a wedding and uh, it was when our kids were smaller and I think I I'd had one of them with me. We'd stayed a little bit later and we drove back from this venue late at night. It was in the middle of nowhere. And I remember pulling over, turning the lights off of the car and we sort of got out and looked up. Like it's dark. It's pitch black everywhere. You cannot see a thing in front of you oh, then there's just one or two stars in the sky that you can just about make out. But I remember looking around thinking, this is properly dark. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you've been in those sort of places. Even those sort of places where it feels so dark. Maybe like it's an underground cavern. I to take another one of our kids sometime on one of those sort of, Touristy trips you can do in underground caverns in that sort of caves and so on, and you know they get to a point where they go right now we're going to turn the lights out, and they sort of turn the lights out, and like, you know you can barely see your hand in front of you. That is properly dark. That's what the psalmist is saying here. Even that sort of darkness, it's not darkness to God, and even though you might be in that, and you're not. Can't see a thing. Can't find my way. Can't see where I'm going. Don't know what's going on. God still sees you. You know, maybe some of you this morning. I'm taking a guess at this. But maybe it's a God guess. Maybe this morning, some of you don't necessarily feel in that sort of pitch black place physically because we've paid the bill, we've got the lights on. But maybe you feel like that on the inside. You feel like you're surrounded by darkness and you don't quite know where to turn. Maybe emotionally you're in a place of this sort of darkness that the psalmist is speaking about. Even in the midst of such darkness... God finds you and God guides you. What do you need in that sort of darkness to find your way? You need a light, don't you? That's what you need. You know, you'll be you're reaching for your phone thinking, I know there's a torch on this thing. How do I turn it on? How do I get some light to find my way through? And if this morning you're thinking, yeah, I'm not in a dark place physically, we've got the lights on, but emotionally I feel in a really dark place, what you need is some lights. Here's the thing. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He will guide you. He will show you the way forward. He will come to you. He will be with you. What does the psalmist say? Even that sort of darkness... God finds you and cares for you. It's wonderful truth, friends. It really is. I could go on for hours on that one, but I won't because I know some of you have got dinner in the oven. So let's keep pressing on. God knows you. God surrounds you. Number three, God created you. He created us. Verse 14. Well, actually, verse Verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. In the passage that we read a little bit earlier from Mark's gospel, we've got Jesus encouraging his disciples to to let the kids come to him so he can bless them. Actually, he rebukes the disciples and tells them off for not allowing the kids to come. But you know what? It's not just children. It's any of us, whatever age. Whether you're the young... I'm not, not look at anybody right now. Whether you're the youngest in the room or the oldest or somewhere in between, you can come to God like that. He wants you to come to him like that because he created you. And you know, it's interesting that Jesus particularly picks out kids that he wants to bless there. In that sort of society at that time, children wouldn't have had much value. That's why the disciples are trying to shoo them away. They're like, no, no, Lord, you want to speak to the grown ups. They're, the, they're the important ones around here. And Jesus is saying, no, they're not. Everyone's of equal value, no matter what age or background or whatever they're like. And Jesus made the point of other groups of people too. Not just children, but maybe those who are outcasts because of disease. But whatever background people had, whatever was going on in their life, Jesus loved them and still does. Why? Because God created them. God created you. And so the point I'm making is this. No matter what value other people might put on you Jesus sees you and loves you that's what he was doing with the kids no matter what value other people put on them he saw them valued them, loved them it's true for you as well no matter what value other people might put on you Jesus sees you and loves you and also second point No matter what value you put on you, Jesus sees you and loves you. God loves you. No matter what value other people might put on you, God loves you. No matter what value you might put on you, and only you know that, God loves you. He created you. He says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. So the Bible says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know what? I really believe some of you need to hear that this morning. I know it's fun turning to the person next to you and saying it, but I genuinely believe some of you need to hear it. As I was preparing and praying for this morning and And thinking about today, this verse kept coming out. And I've learned over time that when that happens, it might just be that God wants to say something. And I believe some of you need to hear it this morning. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You really are. He looks at you and loves you. He created you. Even with some of you this morning, you look like you've got it all together. Observably from the outside, everything's rosy. It's all hunky-dory. It's all good. You come over like everything's sorted. All looks okay. All lines up. It all looks good to other people. And maybe you look in the mirror and go, I actually don't quite like what I see. And maybe it isn't just a physical appearance thing. Maybe it goes deeper than that. Perhaps you put very little or no value on yourself. Listen, God's word to you today is this. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You really are. You are loved. You are chosen. He created you. You the, the thing about kids encountering Jesus is that they didn't have to do anything first. It's not that Jesus said, well, yeah, you can come to me, but you've got to do these things first to make it okay. No, no. Actually, he has done all that is necessary for you to come to him. He's made it possible. People sometimes think, oh, yeah, I'll come to God, but I need to sort my life out first. No, 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 no. Come to God and allow him to sort your life out. That's how it works. That's what he wants to do. Because he created you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. So, to go back to my earlier thought, what might God want to say to some parents as we begin to wrap up? What about those who aren't parents? What might be the things that going to want to say? Firstly, these are truths for you. They're for you. Whether you come here every week, whether this is your first time in the room, these are truths for you. You see, the danger is you can come to a meeting like this and you can think, oh yeah, they're great for the person next to me, or they're great for that person in front or behind. They need to hear this, and yeah, God loves them, I'm sure. And you somehow write yourselves out of the equation. Listen, these are truths for you. Don't just bounce them off the person next to you or in front of you. They are for you. Number two, these are truths for you to live by. You know, we all need some guidelines to live by, don't we? Some track to stay on and guide us. These are truths to live by. They'll do you good. Psalm 119 says that your word, God's word, is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Like we talked about earlier, being in a dark place, what do you need? You need a light. God's word is a lamp for your feet, a light for your path. Live your life guided by God's word. These are truths for you. They're truths to live by. And number three, finally, they are truths to teach. They are truths to teach. Parents, these are things to teach your children. Those of us who aren't parents, these are things to teach one another and remind one another of. In Deuteronomy 11, another passage in, the beginning part of the Bible, Moses, the leader of God's people, is giving us some instructions on how to live, how to follow the Lord. He says this, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the roads, when you lie down and when you get up. You know, there's so much around us today, isn't there? Vying for our attention, (laughs) vying for our interest, vying for our time. Be it TV or a phone or apps or social media, whatever it might be. And we know, don't we, those those that have got children, if we don't teach our children, you can bet your life that somebody else will. And it isn't always what you want. Because what's on that screen or on their phone is not necessarily what you want them to be living by. So what's God's words? Well, you teach them. Teach them these truths. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk down the road, when you lie down, when you get up. That'll be part of your everyday life and existence. You are the ones to set their boundaries, to show them what's right, to encourage them how to live. You've got a few years to do that, to really shape them and to encourage them. And for those of you who are not parents this morning, you've got a part to play in this as well. It's a promise we made earlier, all of us to be part of this. What's the phrase? It takes a village to raise a child. You ever heard that? Talks about community, doesn't it? Village is a community of people. And church, Jubilee, we are a community. And you know what? It takes a community to, to raise a child. And I know as a parent, I'm so grateful that there are other people in this church family who I know my kids can talk to. And I know they talk to them, because sometimes they tell me. Probably sometimes they don't. But that's okay. Because I remember a few years ago as a young person, some snickers there, thank you. Um, I remember as a young person, there were adults in the church family I was part of that I knew I could go to. I could ask questions of, I could hang out with. And... um, Thank you. it would be an encouragement and a blessing to me. And I am so grateful as a parent now that I know there are other adults in the church that my kids can go to. And I know that they are loved and cared for. And I know that, you know, I can think of some of our kids leaders or our youth leaders who I know spend time with my children. I know that that's good for them. We've all got a part to play here, all of us. All of us have got a part to play to teach these truths, to model them, to encourage our kids in them. And so as a church family, we want to do that, don't we? We want to do that to the very best of our ability, for one another and for The kids that's in our church family. So, to finish with, God knows you. Let me ask you, do you know him? He loves you, wants to know you, wants a relationship with you, has done everything required to make it possible. If you want to know more about that, ask the person that invited you or come and find me afterwards. God knows you, God surrounds you, and God created you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the truths of your words. Thank you, Lord, that you have made us, you've created us. We're fearfully and wonderfully made, made in your image. And I thank you for the truths of your words. And God, we pray this morning that you would help us to live by them ourselves, but also to teach them and model them to those around us. Lord Jesus, thank you that you've put us in family. You've put us in community. Thank you for one another who have a part to play in each of our lives and the lives of our families. We pray, Lord, for your continued hand upon us we pray for your blessing upon us now in jesus name amen. amen amen thanks for listening to this jubilee church podcast feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and we'll come along on any sunday morning